0: is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Oresca My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. And... Uh this episode of the human technology podcast i will talk about trust and technology so we we are completely surrounded by technology we whatever we do i i'm sitting in front of my my laptop here and um, i travel today with an aircraft and with a car so i used technology and It is ubiquitous. I have my smartphone here lying on my dining table and it is uh, allowing me connections to to the rest of the world. And in, in many aspects, we are totally depending on technology. It is ubiquitous. It is everywhere and we need it. And I think in many areas, we could not survive without technology. If I imagine that one day I wake up and all technology is gone and we are pushed back into the to the stone age, I mean, this would be a pretty hard thing for me. This, uh, for every one of us, it would be super hard and, and many of us would pass away just because we do not use technology. We cannot use technology anymore. Well, it's the same if you have a surgery or if you have a medical emergency There is a lot of technology that helps you, that helps you to survive, that helps you to get back on track, to get back to health, to get back to a normal life. So this this is absolutely necessary. This is where points uh, where technology, these are points where technology is is absolutely necessary. And we are wrapped into technology. We have smart watches, smart glasses, smart phones, smart everything, smart everywhere. It is in our pockets. It is on our skin. And it will be in our bodies very soon. It will be part of our lives. We we will be cyborgs in a foreseeable time frame because we'll have technological components, smart components, electronic components inside our body helping us. With um, cognitive improvements, giving us physical improvements, the entire cognition, how we see, how we hear, all that may be improved pretty soon with um, t- technology that we have inside our bodies. And also our health will be improved by technology, maybe nanobots uh, bringing uh medicine um, bringing bringing uh, treatments to the exact location where it is required and where it has the most value for us and the smallest side effects and for this we need trust in technology we need to trust technology we we don't we don't have a real choice in that all we can do is change the amount of trust we have, and the kind of trust we have in technology. But at the end of the day, if we do not trust trust technology, it will be a super hard life. So I, I trust that the brakes of my car will function at the next traffic light so that the car will come to a stop as I want it. The aircraft I took today, I trusted it. It will not fall from the sky. It will land safely. And so I will not have a uh, an accident with it. I, I I trust that I can make a call with my smartphone and talk to my business partners on on the smartphone. So I just trust this. one. So this this is what what we experience every day. And then we can destroy this trust. And very often it is destroyed by the behavior of uh, big tech of of the. Uh, Companies from from uh, the Silicon Valley that uh, suck our data and then and make things with our data that we don't want them to do with our data, so that they are doing things we, we don't like. They collect it and they combine it and then they use it. They sell it. They make money with, them, with our data, and this destroys trust that we have in technologies. Can I trust that I download download an app? And I put data into it, for example, a health app. I put my blood pressure and my blood sugar and my nutrition and everything into this app. And do I know where this data will be used, how it will be used, who is having access to this data? So we are not, very often we just don't trust it. And then we have, I mean, this is almost like an institutional distrust that we have. What are the Chinese doing? So many people believe that, uh, whether it's true or not, I don't have a real idea, but with any camera, with any chip, with any data collection device coming out of China, the Chinese the Chinese government uh, may get access to us, to our data, to what we do. And I read an article in a newspaper lately where they discussed... What are these Chinese cars doing with all the data they collect? I mean, they collect tons of data. It's uh, the the speech inputs, the voice inputs. They collect our driving behavior, the locations we are, the the places we visit, the navigation destinations we type in. All this data is collected and in this article some some uh, german guy from a chinese uh, car maker said yes it's all safe all the german data will be stored on servers in europe and they will not be transferred to china and i mean it is a matter of trust whether we believe this or not and um, which consequences we get out of this trust or distrust we we have there and so I'll use this episode of the Human Technology Podcast to think a bit about this relationship between humans and technology and the trust that we need, that we have, that it creates or discreates, but also about uh, the trust technology creates or destroys between humans. And since this is the the English version of uh, this podcast, uh, it may not be very useful, but I'm still doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to refer to my book, Status Offline, which is published by the remote uh, editors, and uh, it is available in German only. We will have a, an English version under discussion later when we see how, it, how well it runs in Germany but um, i will discuss it there so if you want to train your german or if you um, have a good translation software uh, maybe you can get a german copy and a digital german copy and ebook copy and have it translated just a suggestion on this one anyway i'm discussing it there um, as well and if we talk about trust first we should uh, think about what is trust what is the definition of trust and I think most of us have a certain feeling, have a gut feeling of what trust is. Probably it is something like, well, I believe that a person, a certain person um, will not harm me. It will not, he or she will not take any activity that is bad for me, that, that hurts me, or that is in any other way bad for me. And we believe this. And if, if I have the belief that another person or a technology will not take any activity that is bad for me, then I can develop some trust. And I can also de- develop some distrust if I believe, hey, this person, I cannot trust her. Maybe she or he will do something that hurts me, that is not good for me. So this is the rough Thing, the rough feeling we have and I looked it up at, at Wikipedia um, to, to find it out and um, it basically says trust is a certain kind of subjective and emotional idea that you have and you change your behavior according to this idea that you have. And it's subjective. Yes, it's emotional, which I find a very good aspect of this one. And I change my behavior according to my level of trust. So this is a practical acting. It's a system of acting um, that is created by trust. So then it goes on. Uh, trust into another person. Um contains the idea that this person is handling me in a proper way and that all future actions, all future activities, all future ways of acting will not harm me. So we expect that this person is helpful or at least not damaging me. And and I find this is a very important aspect of this was trust creates cooperation. If we do not trust another person, if we do not trust the other, it will be very hard to impossible to create a cooperation because we give and we take and we trust that there is a certain balance between giving and taking. And so... Yes, trust creates cooperation. Without trust, there is no cooperation. And the same is for technology. So, wait, I don't don't trust the technology. I won't use it. I won't interact with it. I won't won't get all the benefits out of a certain technology if I don't have a certain level of trust. And the opposite of trust is distrust. And, uh, yeah, we rate another person negatively so we are carefully we we take care uh, we take activities to protect us um, and to avoid damages we get from another person or a technology we take activities to to do so so that at least our own well-being is not depending on someone or some technology we do not trust so Distrust reduces cooperation or brings it down to to zero. This is basically the idea we can find in various definitions. I I took the one from Wikipedia, but this is is the idea of what trust is. And I will discuss three aspects here. One is overtrust. One is undertrust. And then, what is the influence of technology on the behavior on, uh, between humans? Or how does technology moderate the trust between humans? So let's, let's start with overtrust. Overtrust is the missing balance between technological capabilities, between the ability of a technology, about the features, the things it can do on one side, and the belief of the user on the other side. So if a user believes a technology can do A, B, C, and D, and the technology is actually providing A, B, C, and D, then there is a balance between what the technology can do and the belief of the user. So we have a right level, the correct level of, of trust. An overtrust that means that the user believes the technology can do A, B, C, and D, but the technology is only capable of doing F. Something totally different or just of A and not of B, C, and D. So this is the balance that that humans believe a technology can do more than it actually can do. An example of that is the Tesla autopilot. And this is a good example of how overtrust is created. Very often it is driven by marketing departments. You have a great word and you want to communicate that and and users have to pay for a certain technology. So we spice it up a bit. We bring it to a different level. And and people believe, hey, hey, this technology can solve all my problems. And it actually doesn't do it. I mean, the Tesla Autopilot is a very good driver assistance system and it does a pretty good job. But at the end of the day, it's not perfect. It's far from perfect. It is a so-called level two system Meaning it needs a surveillance of the user, of the human, of the driver, at any point in time. And it works under certain conditions only. So it doesn't work on, on snowy and icy roads, for example. If it cannot read the lane markers, this autopilot is not an autopilot. People believe it can do it. And so they overtrust. They trust the system more than it actually performs. And we have all seen, or most of us will have seen, the videos where Tesla drivers are sleeping in the car, even the driver is in deep sleep, and the car is driving by itself. And it works. In 95% of all the cases, it works. But there is a number of use cases, a number of situations, and we have all read about them, and we have all heard about them, where this technology does not perform in the way it users believe it should perform. And this is a typical example of overtrust. People trust a technology more than it actually performs. The danger here is the misuse. So it is used in the wrong way. And this causes accidents. This raises the chance that something will go awfully wrong. Cars run into trucks, cars run into ambulances, cars are leaving the roads and people are sleeping behind the wheel. This is a typical example of overtrust. Undertrust is the exact opposite. It's a missing trust. So people believe, or people, users do not believe that a technology can do certain things, although it can do it. So it is designed to perform A, B, C, and D. And users believe, hmm, maybe it is doing A, but definitely not B, C, and D. So this is this missing trust. Under trust is, the level of trust is too low. The technology can do more than users believe it can do. And this leads to the fear of using technology. And uh, my wife just got her a new company car, which is a beautiful car with a level 2 automation system. Meaning, in certain situations... Usually on German autobahns, I've, I've tested. We, we've been driving last driven driven last weekend, about fifteen hundred kilometers with this car, uh, one thousand miles, and uh, used this uh, automation system. And it basically works pretty well, if you have not good lane markers, if you have a uh, good sight, if uh, it's not a too chaotic for traffic situation. So it, it it works in a way. Pretty good. If you drive with this car and you have a negative experience with this one, and there is a nice study from Volvo, from the Swedish car maker Volvo, about uh, how long does it take to build trust? It's about between 20 and, and 60 minutes, depending on, on, on the person, on the character. And it is lost within seconds. Something goes wrong. And then rebuilding it takes even longer than these twenty to sixty seconds in the, in the in the in the first in the first round, and with this car it was pretty much the same. So it seems like this car is having a problem on wide right curves on autobahns. So it is leaving the lane towards the left all the time, not all the time, but very often. Feels like all the time it is not true, but very often it just misses the left lane, or the left lane marker. And just goes, it shows you. I know I've seen the lane marker um, that is shown on the display, but definitely it goes out of the lane to to the left side. Sometimes it is, um, yeah, breaking, doing some crazy things. I believe, hey, I could have done this different. Yeah, there's no real reason to break. Why is it breaking? So this creates distrust. And there are many situations when when users say, "Ah, oh, I don't know whether this one works well or not," or they have used it, and now they say, "Ah, oh, there something went wrong. I, I I don't know. I don't trust this anymore." And they don't use the technology. And at first sight, it seems like, hmm, "All right." Then they don't use it. Then they drive by themselves, or they don't make smartphone calls, or they don't send data on over the internet, or they they don't behave. Uh, they don't walk into camera areas. ...when they believe that there is a uh, uh, Chinese technology in there. The problem here is that if technology is not used, the benefits are not realized. So if users do not use the technology, they don't use the safety benefits, the comfort benefits... Um, the communication benefits, the exchange, the, the cognitive improvements the whatever you have as an benefit out of technology you don't use it if you don't use the technology. And this is the danger particularly if it's about safety. If you use such a level 2 automation system, the car warns you if you are too close to other cars the car brakes for you if you miss the right braking point. the car steers for you if you get a little tired. So all these are advantages you get out of the technology and you miss this if you have under trust. If you do not trust the technology, if you do not turn it on, if you believe, hey, this will never work the right way and I don't trust this one, then you don't get the benefits out of it. And this, this is the major point here. And um, thinking about this, I think it's almost as dangerous as overtrust, where you risk accidents because you trust too much you risk accidents because you don't trust enough. And that's the big point. And yeah, th- this is overtrust and undertrust. I hope I made these points clear. Very often in scientific publications on conferences and presentations, uh, we talk about trust and automation. And I always ask, is it overtrust or undertrust? What, what is in your focus? What what kind of thing? And very often, and this is a strange thing, researchers don't know it. Although I think it's very clear. It's, it's very obvious what it is. All right, let's move on to the third point. the trust between humans. How is trust between humans moderated with technology? When I remember my childhood, excuse me just a little the water. <coughs> uh, when I remember my childhood, <coughs> my parents sent me to school uh, excursions for maybe two weeks. Or, um, yeah, with other groups, with sports groups. And um, we didn't have any any smartphones, any, any, any um, constant connectivity. So they told me, hey, Peter, behave in the right way. And don't do this. Don't do that. And uh, be a nice guy. And, and don't be too bad to all your teachers and stuff. And remember, it is just uh, 400 kilometers away. We can pick you up if you do not behave properly and so on and so on and so on. I think it must have been... Uh, required to to give me such an advice at the end of the day (coughs) i uh yeah behaved pretty well and and, you know and when i entered the bus or the train and it left the train station or the bus station (coughs) sorry then my parents needed to trust me and i needed to trust my parents that uh, they trust me and that i will return today it is totally different If a car, if the bus leaves or the train leaves, a constant exchange on messengers, uh, on SMS, WhatsApp, whatever messenger messages is exchanged. Constantly photos are sent around saying, hey, mom, dad, uh, this is how my room looks and all is good. And I believe that children, and I, I know that this is a very strong thesis, but I really believe this, children today, they are not trained in building up trust because they always have this backup they always have the the technology that allows them to connect with their parents and it's even worse for the parents today for the young young parents they don't get the chance to build trust into their children they don't get the experience things work out well at the end they they have the feeling they can control it and they do it they can control they they can they can control their kids and they do control their kids all the time so they have this constant exchange of of information and so and at the end of the day you all also destroy the trust that things work out well at the end that this world is not a bad place yeah You, you destroy this trust And I think this will have consequences for future generations because they will not learn how to build trust. And this changes the way humans communicate, that changes the trust between humans because there is a technology. A different example Let's get back to, to the car, uh, to the company car of my wife with this level two automation. We all trust in other drivers. We all believe that, I mean, if there is a red traffic light, I can drive and no other car will come because I trust that all the others will stop at the right. We all know it's not true all the time, but basically if we do not trust uh, in, in other drivers, we are will not able to drive. We, we cannot participate in traffic we do not trust other other persons and uh yeah we also trust in the behavior of others so if there is a speed limit for example you're driving 120 kilometers per hour we in germany we tend to drive between 125 and 130 normally a little more than it is legal and uh, we we trust that all every everyone else will do this this automated car i mean it can read traffic signs and it adapts its speed automatically to what is written on the traffic sign and this destroys the trust of other traffic participants if you drive constantly 120 if there's 120 legal and i make the experience it's pretty much the same in other countries especially in europe when when i travel here everybody is going a little faster than than he or she should and, and the, the drama gets even bigger if you drive 120 and then there comes the sign 100 kilometers per hour. And usually uh, you drive your 125, your 130, and then uh, you take the foot of the gas pedal and then the car uh, uh, goes down to maybe 105, 106. And then yeah, you, you drive with that one and, and it's not exactly where the sign is. An automated car goes down to the 100 exactly where the sign is. And nobody behind you expects that. Nobody expects 100% correct traffic behavior. And again, this destroys trust. I trust that the other one will behave more or less like I do, with a little tolerance here and a lot of tolerance there. But yeah, we're all humans. We behave human in a certain way. And this is not happening in, with automated cars. And and, uh, so it overcorrect driving. It is 100% correct driving. Or the distance between other cars. I mean, automated cars leave larger distances to the car ahead than human drivers would do. Particularly if you have a scenario like like a lane change. Legal speed is 120 kilometers per hour. You drive with 100 on the right lane and you want to go 120. You have to move to the left lane because there's another car in front of you driving just 100 and the the normal human and the expected human behavior is you speed up to maybe 115 and you go under the legal distance to the car in front of you you then change the lane and then speed up to 120 an automated car is not making this maneuver it is first changing the lane at this 100 kilometers per hour speed. And then accelerates to the 120. Which again is a behavior many human drivers do not expect. And this destroys trust in other drivers. And as I said if, if we destroy all the trust between drivers. Traffic will not be possible anymore. Alright. So. Let's get to the end. Trust is essential in the relationship between humans and technologies. I talked about over-trust, meaning that we trust too much in what technology can do. We think it can do more than it actually can do. I talked about undertrust, trust that we do not really believe um, that the technology can do things. We, we do not really trust it. We believe uh, no it is not capable of doing it although it can do it and then we do not use all the potential technology yet. we do not uh, realize all the benefits a technology has and trust the technology moderates the trust between humans i talked about this parent children thing if they go on an excursion um, that we do not trust our kids anymore that uh We do not trust that uh, things turn out good and positive in the very end. And I talked about the uh, distrust caused by automated vehicles because they don't behave like humans behave in traffic normally. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an unknown exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de Do in next time. Take care and stay healthy.